0: Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Currently, we're in week six of the Archibus series, which is helping us discover the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. For those of you who have been following along, hopefully this series has been helpful for you. If you're new to the series, consider pausing the episode. Check out episode 27, titled The Archibus Assignment with Robbie Richard, and the remaining episodes will catch you up to speed with where we are today. All right, let's jump into today's focus. In this interview, I speak with Chad Merrill, the lead pastor of North Rock Hill Church. And we focus on Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to keep the main thing the main thing. So let's jump in and listen to this interview.
1: Chad, how you doing, man? Chris, I'm doing great. Fall is in the air. It's a beautiful morning in Rock Hill. South Carolina. I hope you're doing well.
0: Yeah, man. I'm doing good here in Greenville. It's. I know you were just taking some time away with your wife to get away into the fall trails. How, how was that time?
1: It was awesome. We didn't rest very well, but man, we did some really cool stuff. It's, it never gets old to look out across those uh, those long views, those, those overlooks in the mountains and things. And I just yeah. love the mountains, man. We, we spent some time hiking, just being together. It was awesome.
0: That's good. Yeah, it's good. You got to take that break, man. I love it. I'm glad you guys were able to do that. And you're back in it. You're in the, what, third, fourth week now of creating a culture of discipleship at North Rock Hill. How's that going?
1: It's going great, man. We're starting to see some movement in the life of our church. And a lot of it's related to what we're talking about in this Archbishop series about helping people really understand that in in the kingdom, there's no stands, there's no sideline. We're all in the game and we're called to... That's right be and make disciples. And so it's fun to watch the light bulbs go off for people. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, today, as we kind of focus on this passage of Scripture and just what it looks like to do exactly what you just said, I mean, when it comes to making disciples, the gospel is enough. I think that is what I got out of this passage of Scripture. And I guess the question is, is is how do you regularly keep the gospel in front of you and more importantly, keep it the main thing? So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about that, what that looks like for you. And then maybe what that looks like as you've been challenging your congregation, congregation, your staff, uh, your leaders to do the same.
1: You've probably heard the saying before. I used to think it sounded kind of cheesy, but I, I really say it all the time now. But just preaching the gospel to myself regularly is so important in my life. Mm. Um and in, in this passage Paul Paul talks about that. You know, that that key word right there at the start of verse 16, therefore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we joke all the time, one of the uh rules of of scripture study is when you see therefore, back up and see what the therefore is therefore he just got done sharing that we, we were dead in sin and God made us alive through his mm-hmm. son on the cross, making us debt free, forgiving us. And so therefore don't let people judge you. We shouldn't be in a, in a posture of, of, of judging others or allowing ourselves to be judged by others simply because we should know that the thing that we have in common with every single person is that we are born spiritually dead. And Mm -hmm. in that spiritual death, we needed to be rescued. We needed to be made alive. And we couldn't do that on our own. And so, man, that's a humbling reminder. Yeah. And so one of the ways that works out for me right now is, you know, I have a seven-year-old daughter who is super smart and super frustrating some days because she's so slow Mm -hmm. or she's um, obstinate to her mother or whatever. And I have to remind myself sometimes that she's spiritually dead. You know, she hasn't. She hasn't been made alive in Christ yet. She knows a lot about Jesus, but she hasn't, um, she hasn't been transformed. And uh, mm-hmm. when we begin to see people that way and we begin to remember ourselves that way, the gospel is just so uh, much more alive. And I, I think that's been something I've had to learn how to do is just to remember and, and remind myself of what it cost God to bring life to a guy like me who's done the stuff that guys like me do.
0: Yeah, I have to remind myself often, I heard years ago, a man share about the word entropy. And he he kind of mentioned that this idea that there's this moral decay of everything, that everything is falling apart. So I often think about that, you know, that everything is falling apart. Our bodies are falling apart. If we don't take care of ourselves, we are going to fall apart. And so it's a little bit different from what you were saying about your daughter and that she is spiritually dead, but it, it's, it works around the same principle. It's there's work to be done and we're not there yet. Unless we put in the work, the entropy piece for me is the gospel does have to become a priority of my life. I do have to regularly remember, okay, I, And broken. And I need Jesus today in my situations, whether it's challenging conversations that I have with my wife or it's challenging conversations that I have with my kids, I can't do it on my own. Like I need him. And so to pause for a minute to say, if I don't give my life to you in this way, Lord, I need you to help me because everything's falling apart. (laughs) You know, I need you to make things right and only you can make things right. So I find that helps me a bit too.
1: You're dead on. Our tendency is always towards what's good for us, mm-hmm. and to and, and we're usually convinced that we're right, aren't we? And there's yeah. just this. There's just this reminder within the gospel that hey, not only not only were we not right, but we couldn't be made right outside of a divine mm-hmm. intervention. That's and, right. Um, it's it's humbling, and and it just reminds. It also reminds me that you know, this whole thing is available to me because Jesus came here and made a way for me to be reconciled to the father and the father allows me to follow his son. And and when I'm following, I don't always know where we're going. You know what I mean? Like Mm. I think sometimes, sometimes I forget in, in my context that, that, you know, I'm a leader most everywhere I go and I usually have a plan and I'm usually the one willing to go first. But when it comes to following Jesus, um, I just need to take the next step and, 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 so, yeah. and not, not always worry about what comes after, but just worry about who I'm following. And, uh, man, that's been really key in my life. I think when you ask me that question of how do I keep the gospel in front of me, I think a lot of days it's coming out of my default and my tendency to lead and to plan and to look way ahead. And it's, yeah. and it's forces me to be humble enough to just be content to take the next right step. And um, sometimes over time, you know, one example, Chris, is people ask me sometimes like, hey, you were in corporate America all those years. How did you become a pastor? And and the truth is there never was any big moment or there never was like this trajectory that I was headed towards that. It just I took Mm -hmm. a million next right steps. And then one day I was in a conversation with my pastor and the next right step that was in front of me was to join his staff. You know, is this, it's kind of like you look over your shoulder and like, wow, all those little steps really added up, Uh, Mm. but you're still, but you got to look ahead to the, to what's the next one and be content to take one.
0: So good. Something that you just said that made me think about last the last episode that we had with Cody, which was just so great. If you haven't heard that episode, I would I would go back to the last one. But in the stretch assignment, we we challenged ourselves to memorize Colossians chapter two verses six through seven. And I've been working on that this week. I've kind of only got a couple of the verses, a couple of sentences down. But it says, "And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as Lord, you must continue to follow Him." And mm-hmm. so that idea of following Him is basic. It's just follow Him. You know, I was I'm, I told you, we talked about this on other episodes. I'm training for a 30k trail run. And so when we get when we get in the woods, I've been running with some guys, and you know, like I've realized that. I don't need to run seven minute mile pace. I can run 10 minute miles or 11 minute miles, you know? And so just to slow down and just to like, I don't have to be crazy. Like our world, I think loves amazing things. I mean, there's this guy out there. I was, as I've been, training and getting ready for this run. I've been trying to figure out like, okay, how do I stretch well? Like, what are some things I could be doing? And you go on YouTube and you watch things. And I I found this guy, I think his name is David Gobins or Grobins. I don't know. He's an ultra marathoner. He's, um, he's an African-American guy. He's like, I think he did, he was a Navy SEAL, did Hell Week three times in one year. He just recently did like a 230 mile run. I mean, it's just like, the world loves stuff like that that kind of guy in our in the world of in our culture like people are fascinated with with that and they want people they want his story to be told they want to hear his story but like living a small life and just following jesus and just doing very basic things keeping the gospel that's not a big thing it doesn't have to be running 230 miles you know does that make sense what what are your thoughts on that totally makes sense and it also just
1: reminds me of how quickly we become inoculated or numb to the miracle of the gospel. I mean, Paul just said you were dead and you were made alive. Like, I feel like if they were running the Dave Groban story and someone who was dead was made alive, the news would interrupt that story, right? Like it'd be like, Hey, we got something better. We need to interrupt this ultra marathon story right now because there was this guy, he was dead and now he's not right. Mm. Like, we yeah. forget the sen- sensational nature of the story because we're so prone to think that we're the ones doing it, right? We're the mm. ones like we're, we're, we actually posture sometimes. I think, like, we, if you, if you translated our life into words, it would look like, God, you are so lucky to have me on your team. I am killing mm-hmm. it down here. Mm. And we would never say that, but we live like that. Like, we're, like yeah. we, we know. Um, we just love to be right. We love to, to take credit for it. And I think Paul's just going at that. He says, hey, the real miracle here is that you were dead. You were a victim of sin that you could not fix. Yeah. Uh, you had piled up a bunch of debt you could never repay. And mm-hmm. God, he says in, in verse 13, um, you were made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. What an amazing story, right? Yeah. I, you think about what shows up on your social media feed. Some church in in Utah or something pays off two million dollars worth of debt and it's all over the internet. They, they, they pay off all this health care debt for people yeah. in the state you know because canceling debt, being debt free, um, being made alive, those things are miraculous. And then it doesn't take very long till we start to drift from the main thing and we start to forget why we do new things and why we behave in new ways. And we start to be proud of the fact that we do new things and we behave in new ways. And the truth is dead people can only do those things if they've been made alive. Yeah. So Paul's saying, Paul's really just reminding us, man, like, Hey, look, you're always looking for the spectacular. That's already happened. It was Jesus. And so you're making up all these rules you're making up. You know, in the context of Colossians, especially, you're making up all these rules, you're blending all these cultures, you're really, you're really caught up in the progressive Roman culture, all these things, but if, verse 20, if with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to their regulations? Mm. Um, in other words, like, why are you still judging your life by achievements? and by your quest for the sensational and all the stuff that everybody else is doing. You've been made alive in Christ. Remember, like the the main thing, there's nothing better than that. And that's what that that Preach the Gospel to Yourself daily is all about. That's what Paul's doing. And so he says, some of the things that you're doing, they have in verse 23, they have the appearance of wisdom, Mm. but they really promote self-made religion and asceticism. Mm. In other words, they're really all about your ability to make a list and keep it. Don't yeah. go back to the thing that made you dead in the first place. And he, he I love yeah. this phrase because he says they're of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Mm. Right. So that whole that quest for the, the the extraordinary, that quest to be known, that quest to be achievers, all that—really, all of that—is just the extreme of us really wanting to do the things we like and wanting the things that we want. Yeah. And living for Jesus is the opposite.
0: Yeah. With each episode, we've been creating these stretch assignments and these stretch assignments in the world of working out, you go lift or you go run or whatever you want to call, you want to go play basketball or whatever. Most people aren't spending a lot of time stretching and getting ready, you know, getting the muscles warmed up to go do the work. And and I think that for us being the main thing, the main thing, putting the gospel in front of us is the stretch that gets us ready to do the the work of discipleship. And I mean, that's what God called us to do. He left us with that great commission. He said, go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them everything that I've taught you. And so that's getting into the game, but getting into the game is remembering the gospel and putting it in front of us. And so I think even that is how we stay connected. And I, I think even that just referencing verse 19, he said, you know, he's talking about the issues of of what people are putting in front of them. They're like, you know, keep the main thing, the main thing. That's what we're saying here. And, and that's how you stay connected to Christ who is the head of the body for he holds the whole body together with its joints, its ligaments and grows and it grows as God nourishes it. So I think that the work of discipleship, it happens effectively when we do keep the main thing. At least that's what I'm saying for me. Like I've got to regularly remind myself that i need him that he died for me that i that he took my place that i'm broken without him and that I can do all things through him. So he holds everything together and I need to lean on that. And I think that'll help me as I encounter people and am willing to just follow him and just do the little things, you know, whether it's listen for a conversation or encourage someone today or just live out the gospel in my life. I don't know. Anything else you'd want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I think what you're saying is so important because you know, we, we tend to look at those things as mundane those, those little shifts, those little disciplines, that next right thing kind of, uh, next right step, next right thing kind of mentality, it doesn't feel like enough, right? It doesn't feel like yeah. um, anything spectacular. But the truth is, if we really back away long enough to assess and to really understand, there's absolutely nothing compelling about us trying to be better, do better, go further, go faster, because that's what everybody's doing. Everybody you run into today, Chris, is trying to do that, right? They've got a a podcast. They've got a book. They've got a a diet. They've got something that we're all trying to be something that we're not. We're all trying to Mm. grow in some certain direction to do more better, right? And so what he's saying is that part's already been done for you. And so really the spectacular thing, the most compelling thing to the people in the world who don't know Jesus is when they look at us walking through the mundane every day, not stressed, not striving, not not lazy mm-hmm. either, but, but just really content with what's coming at us in the world. And they they look at us and they start saying, man, that's spectacular how you do that. How do you do that? And, and mm-hmm. we get to tell them, as Paul says here, it, it's not us, it's Christ in us. And yeah. okay, tell me about that because it looks and sounds different. Just mm-hmm. a great example. My wife and I regularly mm-hmm. have people ask us about our story. You know, we're a, we're a step family. We're we're in ministry. We didn't start out that way. All these things, and and they start asking us questions about what to us feels like mundane everyday life, but to them mm. it looks extraordinary, because they're seeing the effect mm. of Christ. and And so our battle is constantly to allow Christ to have an effect in us, and not to minimize that by drifting back towards what He saved us from trying to do things in our own strength or trying to believe that that story was us. Like we could easily say, mm-hmm. yeah, man, we're awesome. We we really did that. But the truth is yeah. most of those days, most of those years, uh, they didn't feel like anything extraordinary. It didn't even feel like it was headed anywhere. We yeah. were just trying to figure it out. And and the places where we tried to figure it out in a way that honored the Lord mm. over time, you look back, it's like, wow, that's compelling. That's different. Yeah. So I think, Paul's Paul's command here is to live everyday life with eternal purpose and to live mm. to to survive and advance in the in the struggles of the mundane because mm. of an extraordinary truth that has redefined our lives. And so mm. it should breed in us a contentment and a um a contentment and a humility and just a an overwhelming sense of worship that like, God, if you could do that in my life back there, I don't even care what today is. We're in, you know, we'll do whatever you want us to do and trust you to do something with it.
0: So good, Chad, man. Another great day with you. I've enjoyed this time, man. Thank you so much for doing this with me. It's been so good to just do this each week and to put these out and to create something that, that could point people to the gospel and make it a priority. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm loving this. Colossians is probably my favorite book of the Bible. And it's just really had a big impact in my life. And so it's fun to walk through this with you. And I love just being able to see you on the screen sometimes and and, and the things that have meant so much to me. I see it on your face that it's it's feeding you too. And I'm praying that for everybody who listens, that it does that for them as well.
0: Well, that's good, man. Is there anything else you'd want to share as we wrap up?
1: Last thing I would say is, especially in the Bible Belt, I would imagine most of our listeners are in the Bible Belt. It's really get to get caught easy to get caught up in the list of rules and the list of uh, regulations, and I, I think Chris is going to have a stretch assignment for you in this area. But yeah. our our ability or inability to keep disciplines that we've created that that has far less to do with our walk with Jesus and our growth in Him uh, than than we think. And and I think Paul speaks to that here. He's like, hey, don't make this about how well you can keep some rules or how how hard a time you have keeping rules rest in the fact that Christ has changed you from death to life, has forgiven you mm-hmm. has is is changing you over time and daily submit to that. if you keep him mm-hmm. in front and he truly is Colossians 117 before all things in your life, you're just going to look back over time and see that the new disciplines and the new steps that you've taken are going to take you somewhere better than anything we could do in our own strength and It's counterintuitive. It's really hard to get there, especially in America, Chris, but I think it's just really, really important.
0: Yeah. So good. Well, thanks for joining us today, Chad. I appreciate it. All
1: right. Thank you, Chris. I love what you're
0: doing. Well, as we wrap up today's episode in part six of the Archivist series, I want to thank you for joining us. The goal of this series has been to help Christ followers recognize the importance of replicating their faith in Jesus and developing a renewed passion for disciple making. Be sure to check out the Archivist stretch assignment designed specifically for this episode. Oftentimes, we don't feel qualified to share anything about Christ with anyone, mainly because we haven't made the gospel a priority. So what are some ways we could do that daily, weekly, maybe even quarterly? We put together a resource for you that could help you think through that. This tool is perfect for doing it on your own or with a tribe and designed to really help you create forward movement around the principles shared. Also, if you're new to the podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. You can head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up access the stretch assignment, access leader guides as well. Join us next week as we dive back into the book of Colossians. I'm going to be speaking with Jericho on staff at North Rock Hill, and we're going to be talking about Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, and what it looks like to repent, reposition, and reprioritize and focus on the gospel. So it's going to be great. I look forward to it, and we'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.